Welcome back to the Sully Scoop for three lifelong Husker pros dive in depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans with J Cell, B Cell, and T Cell. Well, fellas, I'm not sure if you guys saw more prospects coming off the board from Nebraska, but I can say I certainly did not. I only think that there should have been one guy coming off the board from Lincoln, and that was Trey Palmer, who ended up going in the fifth round. Well, Jason, like most NFL scouts, at least you weren't T-cell grading the players here because you would have had Garrett Nelson also coming off the board in the draft. What's with the shots on the former Huskers? You guys call yourself Husker fans? Look, Jay, so I understand that we built up Oshan to be this all-world Randy Gregory on steroids type of player. This, he wasn't what's that. What's this but... we? That is this you. You built him up to be something special, something he clearly wasn't, not a Big Ten player. Well, he's got the body and the size for a chance to play at the next level and – and, I mean, we'll see what he does. He's got the quickness to, you know, he. I bet you his problem was coaching at Nebraska. I mean, because based on the teams we were seeing, I mean, they were not coached well at all. Coaching a team to four wins or three wins in this day and age at Nebraska is absolutely pathetic. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred times more. I get out there, I could have a porcupine as my head coach, and guess what? We're winning three football games. Because you don't need a coach at that point to win three games. We lost to Northwestern, who had one win on the season. That's how pathetic that is. So I'm going to say O'Shawn didn't get the right mentorship that he needed at Lincoln. And ultimately, Trey Palmer didn't need that. That's with those two guys. But be so you're wrong about Garrett Nelson. He got disrespected. He should have been drafted and He's definitely going to make a roster when it's all said and done. Darn right. He's a captain of a three-win squad and a four-win squad. You get that man playing on Sundays. And don't you forget it. Of all the players, TSL, that were eligible for the 2023 NFL draft, Garrett Nelson was not in my top five Huskers going into this. And let me tell you something. He may have even been down in, like, top 15 if Scott Frost was able to keep some of those kids that transferred out, there were a handful of players that easily could have been drafted if they had stuck it out four years with the Huskers. Basil, how, who do you have in front of Garrett Nelson? You have five people in front of Garrett Nelson because he's not in your top five. Okay, I'll give you the two that were drafted. I'll give you Trey Palmer and O'Shawn Mathis. I'll even give you a Volkolek. He was the first one signed as an undrafted free agent. Who, who are you taking after that? Are you taking Brady Weiss? Brady Weiss, long snapper. No, I'm not taking our long snapper. My two picks easily would have been Caleb Tanner, outside linebacker, and then Chris Korlovic. And I was on the Chris Korlovic train when he transferred into Nebraska. I think the dude is built to play in the NFL. The only person on that train. Let me tell you, if Brody Belt was in that draft class, he would have been in the first round just as, just as well. On T-Cell's big board, J-Cell, absolutely. Basil, I got to ask you, what did you see out of Chris Korlevec to warrant him better than Garrett Nelson? Garrett Nelson was making front-page plays every game. What did Chris Korlevec do? I don't even recall this guy 
playing on our football team. I know he was on the field. I don't recall him making any plays. So, Tiesel, what you forget and what a lot of Husker fans are going to forget is that Chris Korlovic transferred in, gave us two years as a Husker. The dude was behind Nick Henrich, Who? stud. Ernest Hausman, stud. stud. Oh, my and God. And Luke Reimer, stud. That yeah. you have you wait. have him playing behind three guys. Stud on the three-win squad. Wait, this guy, he, 60 and he turned around. And he was playing nickel. He was playing middle linebacker. He was playing safety. He was playing all over it. That any NFL team is going to look at this and take a flyer on a guy who can be a Swiss Army knife in their defense. Hey, Bissell, I just want to know what you said right after you announced Ernest Hausman's name. I called him a stud. Oh, and what were you saying right after the season and like during the season when Ernest Hausman was on the field and me and Tiso were out here calling him the playmaker, the defense, the only one showing up? I told you he was not the only one showing up and that he was the third best linebacker behind Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. I don't believe those are the words you used. We can go back to the tape sometime. But I do want to tell you that you were proven wrong time and time again on this guy. I mean, he transferred out as the top transfer at that time and went to Michigan. He went to a better school. Why is he going there? First of all, coaching. Second of all, a winning program, and that's how you make it into the next level. Now, Jay Salt, why are we talking about Ernest Hausman here when T Salt was trying to slander Chris Korlovic's name? Because you started calling him a stud, and I just wanted you to eat your own words for a second. I believe Couldn't you just more. called him the number one transfer in the portal at one point, and so I'm not sure why you're disagreeing that he's a, a stud. I'm disagreeing. Sounds like you need to get your. Sounds like you need to figure he was out from what you're trying to say. I am saying that he's a stud. I'm just. Want to clarify if you're on the board that he's a stud now. If you jump ship to my side, I just wanted to clarify. There's no jumping ship when I've already been on that side. Well, Bisa, I got to tell you, for me, Chris Korlovec is a guy that's going to be looking to play in Canada or the XFL come springtime because there is about a negative 2% shot that he's going to make a team. That's what I'm giving him. This guy needs to go join the... The professional flag football team, for all I care, looked like this guy was scared to hit out there. He could go out there and pull freaking daisies out the ground. He couldn't make a tackle to save his life when he came to Nebraska to play for the Huskers from University of Northern Iowa. It was a big change for this guy, and it showed a reason when our top linebackers went out that our defense just crumbled. I mean, our defense was nothing to begin with, but they crumbled. Yeah, but so I got to tell you, I would have respected the name Oliver Martin more than Chris Korlovic, but again... Oliver, Oliver Martin, Martin guy, over Chris Korlovic? Are you joking? What, do you want a guy who knows how to fair catch? You want a guy who knows how to fair catch? That's camp. all Oliver Martin did. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you, he's getting cut after training camp. They both are. Chris Korlovic stands a better shot at making an NFL roster, not the practice squad, than Garrett Nelson. And you heard it here first. Nobody is out here looking for a below-average speed rusher who has zero bull rush on the edge. But they're looking for a below-average inside linebacker that doesn't know how to hit. (laughs) I'm telling you, Korlevic (laughs) can play all over. He can be an edge rusher. He can be a middle linebacker. He can be a nickel safety. 
The guy can fill a position when you need him. And I could see Korlovic playing on special teams just because of that. So are we talking about Chris Korlovic? Are we talking about Taysom Hill? Get this guy behind the center. Bezel, just because Chris Korlovic can fill a position doesn't mean that he can fill it correctly or really less than poorly because if he's filling an inside linebacker role, an outside linebacker role, a defensive end, like you said, he's still giving up touchdowns. People are going to bowl right through him. They're going to go right around him. He doesn't have the speed to keep up. He doesn't have the ability to read the plays and do all that stuff. He's just not that great. I'm, I'm shocked that the Chicago well I shouldn't be because it is the Chicago Bears but I'm shocked that the Chicago Bears decided that he deserved a chance yeah T-Cell this is where you're wrong Chris Korlovic fits the NFL mold he is basically another Luke Gifford heading into the NFL and let me tell you something Gifford at least got an opportunity he's played for the Cowboys and he just signed with the Indianapolis Colts and I think the Bears lucked out here and got a guy who's probably going to be on the practice squad or special teamer for a couple weeks until they have some injuries and he fills in. I can tell you right now, Garrett Nelson will not be with Miami come week one. (laughs) Well, maybe because somebody else signs him off the practice squad. He's going to be on somebody's practice squad to start the season. Okay, practice squad is not an active NFL roster. Chris Kulovic is going to wish that he was on the practice squad because he's not even going to make a practice squad. And that's where you're wrong. I think Korlovic's going to make an NFL roster. Do you think he's going to make the Chicago Bears roster? I could see him making the Bears roster and playing special teams for them this year. Who's better than him on the Chicago Bears? Who's better than him on that number one overall draft pick for the NFL? Because they're terrible. Show me the depth chart because I will run through and click everyone over Chris Korlebeck. Second of all, Bissell, have you locked in your bet for this season? Are the Bears winning the Super Bowl because they got Chris Korlebeck? No. <laughs> no, that's what it's starting to sound like. No, I don't know that the Bears are going to win four freaking games. So I don't know what you're <laughs> trying to get at. This is the best guy to slice bread that's ever gone to the NFL. But let me just say something there. Who the heck this said might that? be a you, this might be a perfect match in heaven because guess what? Chris Korlevik's coming from a losing squad that just went four and nine, and he's going to go join a three-win squad in the Bears. I mean, he had three wins a year ago with the Huskers. This is a perfect match, B. So let him get. I think they got to sign him to to the real deal. Jay, so the Bears aren't just going to win the Super Bowl. Chris Korlevik's going to end up in the Bears' ring of honor. He's going to end up a pro bowler. You know what? A 17-time pro bowler. He's going to be a pro bowler every single season that he supposedly is in the league, according to Bissell. And obviously after that, he's going to be a Hall of Famer and probably have 17 rings because there's not a single year that he's not going to win a championship. Can we just award him his head already, his head sculpture? Can we just get that? I mean, give him the jacket right now. They're probably already building statues for him in Chicago. Bisa, let me tell you, that was a hot take and a half. That was a bigger hot take than I've ever had T-Cell. I've ever heard him take. But besides that, I want to just get back. The best player from the Huskers that got drafted that is going to actually make an NFL roster and see some playing time is Trey Palmer. He was a flat-out athlete. He's going to make it. He's going to be on the field in his rookie season. Yeah. 
and Trey he is Palmer the only easily. one. Easily, he is Trey, the only no, one, and that is and that is not because no that the Huskers developed him. It is because he came from LSU, where he was already developed, and he was a five star out of high school. He was a guy that had the talent to begin with. No, Jason, I'm telling you, I'm looking at I'm looking at these guys. And I'm seeing three guys are making rosters off the get go. It's going to be Palmer. It's going to be Mathis. And it's going to be Vokalek. Garrett Nelson's going to be practice squad. Caleb Tanner's going to be practice squad. And you know what? Long Snapper's going to make the roster too. Our buddy Brady Weiss. So you think Vokalek's going to go out there and make a roster? But Austin Allen, who had better stats and the best stats for a tight end in Nebraska history, didn't have that ability to do so. You bring up and a that, good point, yes. Jay Saul. Yes, I agree with you. I think Vokalek makes a practice squad here. But I think he sticks around longer in the NFL than Garrett Nelson, unlike T-Cell's opinion here. The only person who's got a high impact in the first year this year Chris Corbett, O'Shawn Mathis coming off the edge and getting an opportunity to rotate in and get some opportunities here. Trey Palmer will be a rotation guy with the depth that the Bucks have at receiver, but he will get a chance. He's going to make the roster and hopefully not flame out the way Kenny Bell did for the Bucks. But there's well, another Kenny- former Husker who also signed with that Tampa Bay team. Any guesses on who that was? That would be your buddy Cade Warner, wide receiver who transferred to K-State to continue his career with Adrian Martinez. Oh, well, guess well, what? That guy's if his, getting cut after this. After yeah, the if his dad came. was, if his dad wasn't Kurt, this guy wouldn't even be in the NFL. He shouldn't have been playing Division One football. The guy was terrible. Adrian Martinez is the only. That's the only reason he followed Adrian Martinez because he didn't have to do anything because he saw when the offensive line broke down, Adrian turned into Adrian, and that's what happens. And I want you to know something else. There, Bissell. The one guy from that Huskers team that's going to have the ability to be playing on Sundays is Adrian Martinez himself. Look for him to be something special, something spectacular for the Lions. He got signed, but he wouldn't be a quarterback. He would have to change his position. CJ Sull, and I think Adrian's got an opportunity to play on Sundays as well. However, it will not be in a Detroit Lions uniform. Detroit has a ton of quarterbacks. Adrian's not giving up that position. And he easily could sign with another team and get an opportunity when an injury happens to play quarterback on Sunday. He will not ever play quarterback on Sunday, Bissell. Did you ever watch him throw the ball? Yeah, I did. Well, then you should very well know, like the rest of us here, sitting and listening and watching every game of his, that man cannot play football at the quarterback position on Sundays. He doesn't have I'm sorry. the arm talent. I'm sorry, Jason. I got to interrupt you here. Um, there's a ton of people who have played quarterback that have worse accuracy than Adrian Martinez that got drafted and got an opportunity, a la Jamarcus Russell, a la Mitchell Trubisky. A la whoever else got drafted. Um, And these guys were coming from winning programs. Adrian Martinez couldn't even put together three wins for the Huskers. This guy couldn't do anything. And you want to know what happened when he did do something and they ended up winning the game? It's because he used his legs, not his arm there, B-Saw. And he is not going to get an opportunity to play quarterback at the NFL level. If he wants to go play quarterback, he could go play in the league where I'm picking his plays. Jason, and guess what? They're I all going to be running. Ask you something, Jason. I, 
I got to ask you something here, Jason. It almost sounds like in the middle of this take that you just had, you had a glass of Kool-Aid and you spilled it on your shirt, or maybe you finished your cup and you ran out because you just took two hot takes from the same guy, Adrian Martinez. The first half was positive. The second half was negative. It sounded like you were sitting there arguing with yourself, playing good cop, bad cop. b was throwing in a random comment here and there, but you said, Adrian Martinez is going to be amazing in the NFL. They're going to be putting up statues of him all over. And then the second half of that is, he will never make it in the NFL. Don't even think about him as a quarterback. He's never going to get there. And so I'm just kind of curious, Jason, like, is he going to make it in the NFL or is he not going to make it in the NFL? Tiso, if you want to fix your ears, fix your earplugs, whatever you want to do, you know, get the hearing aids right. What I was saying was this guy has an opportunity to be playing on Sundays and he has something special. It's called speed and agility. And if he gets to that level, he will not be playing the quarterback position is what I said. Not the quarterback position. And they will not be building him statues ever. He is not that talented, but he will have the ability to play on Sundays if he goes ahead and changes his position. But Chris Korlevic, on the other hand, he saw, I want to flip it right back, does not have the ability to be playing on Sundays. He does not have that talent, and he does not have the opportunity coming his way. Well, if you're flipping it back, then I'm flipping it back, and I'm going right back to Travis Vokalek on you. And the reason why Travis Vokalek is better than Austin Allen is because he's got the size and he's got the build to last. Austin Allen, he was really tall and really lengthy, and ultimately you take one or two hits, you're done for the season with that guy. Okay, who had better Travis Bokalek, he's going to be the one delivering the hits. Who caught more yards for the Huskers in a single season? Austin well, that Allen. That doesn't matter. Who caught who more the touchdowns? Travis Volkelek, are you? Is that even a competition oh, right now? Oh, because because Chubba Purdy did so great. Um, I would argue that Casey Thompson games. was their quarterback. Casey Thompson was their quarterback, and don't forget that Adrian Martinez went down hurt there too, bud. And guess what? Austin was still out there putting up the stats. This man was way better than Travis Volkelek. I don't even want to hear you argue that. Adrian Martinez is a better quarterback than now, Casey Thompson. Now, now, I now, watched now. them both. Jay, so Adrian Martinez I, I is a better athlete. I have to just jump in here because there's there's two things that I just need to understand. One, for the last handful of episodes of the scoop here, and even this one here, as you're talking about Austin Allen and you know loving up on him, you continue, you continue to just live in the past. You love these guys from the past. You love their stats from the past. You just, you're loving up all on this past life. You would think that would mean that you would love up on Chris Korlevec's stats from 2019, where he had <laughs> 79 tackles in a season at Northern Iowa. Okay, we don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason he got the ability to go play at the next level, a.k.a. get flipped up to a higher Division One in Nebraska, and we saw what he could do. Absolutely nothing. You want to know what was holding that defense together? It was Jojo Doman the year before. 38 tackles. Jojo Doman was the one holding that team together the year before. We saw when we lost that linebacker, and you're flipping in your guy, Chris Korlovic, how much that team had changed. 
But yes, I want to flip it back. Austin Allen is a hundred times better than Travis Volkolek. Jason, I'd like to flip it back a little bit further here. And, you know, I'm going to jump in on this too. Neither one of them stands anything in the room with Ben Cotton. I'm going to go out there. I'm I'm giving that Jason hot take here. Neither one, Austin <laughs> Allen and Travis Volkolek, are nothing compared to Ben Cotton. We got to go all the way back there. Okay, P. So I'm going to tell you this much. I'm taking. You know Austin what? You know Allen what? You know what? I, I'm sorry. Ben I'm sorry. Cotton. Kyler Reed. Kyler Reed is is ten times the tight end that either one of them was. Okay, P. So again, I'm taking Austin Allen and Travis Bokalek over Kyler Reed. There's only one guy I would have took out of your mouth, and that's Stephen Carter. Now, if we're throwing Stephen Carter's name into the mix, that's a different story. Because that guy knew winning programs. He was with the Bo Pelini eras, and he put together nine and ten win seasons. I'm sorry. Something and, that Austin and Allen and think, Travis Bokelet couldn't do. Who do you think that uh, Ben Cotton and uh, Kyler Reed played for? I think they were too busy kissing Bo Pelini's butt. So, T-Salt, you're telling me that you would take either one of them over Kyler Reed? Yeah. Pull up the stats there, B-Saw. I know who's got the most receiving yards in history for the Huskers. Single season yards. That man is Austin Allen. If he would have came back, he would have been putting up even bigger numbers with a better quarterback this year. But guess what? He went on to take his talents to the next level because he put up stats nobody had ever, ever done for the Huskers before. That's great. I want to see him catch eight touchdowns from Taylor Martinez. Who? That's great because he was doing it for either Adrian. one of your tight ends that you guys are talking about. I want to see them catch eight touchdowns from from Taylor. Yeah. Yes. Good well, old, guess what? Good old Austin Allen would have probably been ball. like Austin Allen probably would have been twelve, and he would have been a better a option than any of the guys you're throwing out there. Correction, T. So that guy was not scoring forty points a game. His surrounding cast was, which included both Ben Cotton and Kyler Reed. And Kyler Reed in 2010 had eight touchdown catches. How many yards did he have total? Just shy of 400. Well, why don't you go pull up Austin Allen's stats there, bud? No need. I'm already telling you who who's legit. Well, I mean, if we're taking J-Saw hot takes, I think you guys all forgot a Mr. Mike McNeil. Mike McNeil would have toured up in today's game. And I bet you that Nebraska would have had at least six wins with Mike McNeil on the team the past three years. Diesel, I agree. Mike McNeil's a good take. However, back in 2010, Mike McNeil finished with less yards, less catches, and less touchdowns than my buddy Kyler Reed. And guess who else he finished below? Austin Allen. Tight end, Nebraska Cornhuskers. There is one thing I want to add here, and there is one team that came away absolutely victorious from this NFL draft. And it may have happened right before the combine, right when these guys declared to go to the NFL draft, the Nebraska Cornhuskers became absolute winners, dropping off these kids that never went to a bowl game in their entire time at Nebraska. They are the first class ever 
to not go to a bowl game once in their time in Lincoln. And guess what? There is nobody happier than me right now getting rid of these kids. They had a losing atmosphere, a losing mantra. And guess what? We are tired of losers, and I am happy they are gone. And with that, to all your loyal Sully Scoop listeners out there, I would like to mention that we are now looking for another co-host as Jason is going to be nixed from the show now telling us that he is not bleeding Husker red every day. You know what, Bisa? I was bleeding Husker red. I was bleeding because I was getting stabbed in the back time and time again being one of these being a Husker fan. I'd get my hopes up in the offseason and then the season happens and guess what? I don't even make it to wake week 3. I don't even make it to week three before my hopes and dreams are out the door and I'm looking forward to the off season. Look, at this point, we're just trying to make a bowl game. Make a bowl game and I'll be happy again. And that starts by weeding out the weak players. So I'm with you there, Jason. And the fir- the first the first one to go is uh Logan Smothers, and then the second one to go is uh Richard Torres. Absolutely. And another thing I want to point out that's pretty sad is none of the guys that got drafted, a.k.a. two, started their careers at Nebraska. They transferred in. They didn't even go to Nebraska to be developed into an NFL star. And that's a problem. And that needs to be fixed. The culture needs to be fixed. All that stuff needs to be fixed. And, you know, when you just think about the last few years, like, what it's been like playing a team like Illinois. If you look at all time stats for history in the big 10 football, and you think about Illinois football or Indiana football, they're the two worst teams for big 10 football. Like nobody thinks Illinois or Indiana when they think big 10 football. And the fact that we've been struggling against Illinois is absolutely pathetic. And that needs to be fixed right away from that rule because Right now, we're a bottom feeder. For, for you know, Ohio State doesn't even look at us because they're swimming at the top of the tank. They don't look at the bottom. You know, they look for the guys that get too close to the top where they like to swim, and that's not Nebraska. We've been down there messing around with Illinois, and that's just absolutely pathetic. And we need to change that ASAP. That's a team that we should be beaten by three to four touchdowns every single year. I might actually be switching. My pick for the most important game this season. Okay? Because for me personally, it's always Wisconsin. It's personal. It's personal for me with Wisconsin. I get the Colorado thing, okay? Got to beat those guys. They hired Dion. We hired Matt Rule. You got to beat them. Minnesota, the first game of the year. I get it. But here's what I'm thinking now. Illinois is the bottom feet of the Big Ten. If you go out there, and you that's the first team that you fix it against. If you just guarantee that we beat Illinois every year, you build it from there because that's a team you should be whooping. So why not start with those guys? They're a horrible program, horrible team. You know, they show some promise. Okay, stomp out that flame. Don't let them don't let them keep building that. That's the team I would start with with building. Start beating Illinois. It's not a hostile environment, so whether it's home or road shouldn't matter you start beating illinois consistently and the rest of the wins against everybody else will come well t as much as i'd like to talk about games that i'm looking forward to the most 
how are you feeling after losing some of these players after these recent weeks in the transfer portal? Who do you think we are going to miss the most of these players that are choosing to leave the Huskers? Nobody. That's my answer. I'm not going to miss any single one of them. Nope. On a four-win team, when people leave and new people come in, I could care less. You can't get any worse than four wins. I mean, you can't. He saw we did it the year prior, and that is called three wins. And guess what? I'm right in your ship, and I do not want these people playing for the Huskers ever again. I don't even want them cheering for the Huskers, because guess what? They are bringing a losing atmosphere that we were never used to. Yeah, as much as you guys could say, hey, I don't care, I'm not going to miss them, and all of that, I think there's one maybe two guys that have decided to transfer out that really the Huskers would be better off if they still had them on the team. First one is being AJ Allen. And let me tell you something last year, as great as Anthony Grant looked when AJ Allen had the ball, he looked explosive and he looked like our best running back on the team. It's unfortunate he got hurt. And the fact that Gabe Irvin is back healthy again, and the new coaching staff, AJ probably was going to lose a lot of time. So I don't blame him for transferring, but it does hurt because I do think the kid was a playmaker. The second guy is Casey Thompson, because I truly feel, and I felt that Casey and Jeff Sims could have a great quarterback battle and truly push the other one to be just so much better than they were. And the fact is, Sims is QB one now. I'm riding with him. I'm here for it. But who's pushing him? Harburg, who's never played a game, a, a snap in college football, or Chuba Purdy. I don't think either one of them is going to push him to continue to have to develop and get better the way Casey would have. Guess what, Pisol? If I'm looking and I'm playing a quarterback that you know needs somebody else to push him to get better. I don't want him. But also, guess what? That's what his coach is there to do. What kind of take is that? Any player needs to get pushed to get better. Any player is always striving to be better, to be the best player on the field. They should be doing that on their own. They don't need somebody riding their tail to just all of a sudden flip the switch. Guess what? If they got to that level, they were doing it at some point. They should always want to be better and be the best. But guess what? That takes a coach having some discipline on the players. So that honestly, that comes down to coaching there. So I don't care who's behind you. That doesn't matter unless, you know, you're not that good. Well, here's what I'm going to say about those guys. Okay. Could care less and could care less. Okay. Casey Thompson as our quarterback, we still won four games. So losing Casey Thompson for Jess Sims, I could care less. Give it to the new guy. See if Jeff Sims can win us more than four games. You know, I was talking to Big Dog last week, and he made a good point. Casey Thompson was a little quarterback for our crap-ass offensive line. Jeff Sims, we all saw him in the spring game, run over a linebacker to run into the end zone. So he's a big dude for our crap-ass offensive line. You ultimately have to sit Jeff Sims down and tell him, look, man, you're going to get hit. And you're going to get hit a lot because our offensive line sucks. So you better be able to take a hit. And Casey Thompson clearly couldn't take a hit. The guy got knocked out of like three or four games and missed two, I'm pretty sure. And then you talk about A.J. Allen. You say you saw a lot of hype and hope and stuff. 
I personally did not. I saw more out of Anthony Grant than A.J. Allen. I don't think that I saw enough out of A.J. Allen to warrant that he was going to be at the top of the depth chart like you think there be. So, But I'm just saying I would push Ramir Johnson to the front. I want to see what Anthony Grant has with the second year on the team. And we'll see what Gabe Irvin Jr. looks like when he's back off his injury. But ultimately, I didn't think Gabe Gabe Irvin Jr. was that great when he wasn't injured. So, really, I think the the running back room has to improve. The offensive line has to improve. And I don't know how that's an easy fix or not. Maybe you just run smarter plays because Scott Frost seemed to pull his guards and his tackles away from where we're running the football, and we'd get tackled for a six-yard loss. And let me reiterate this for you. I don't care who out of this team transferred out already. These This team was a losing squad. Why would I want to keep all these losers together? I I would almost be with the Dion move. Guess what? I'm coming in with my bags, and they're Gucci. Later loses, and that's what I would tell to him. If you can only get – you can't even make a bowl game in your entire time in college, that's saying something. Now, again, JSL, that seems to be the only thing that you continue to hype on is not making a bowl game. And I think it's important that you remember that the Huskers turned down going to a bowl game after the 2020 season. They decided not to go. I don't think they were deserving of going, but they turned it down. So technically speaking, they had gotten the opportunity and declined it. Now, looking at the team, horrible mistake and part of the reason that i think frost is fired because you gave up those extra practices to get the boys together and get them learning your system and it actually resonating yeah and also be so adding on top of that it's funny that you know you think about it scott frost was the guy pushing at the beginning of the season he needed all the extra practices he could get then at the end of the season he decides to cut his season short and quit practicing when you could have had a whole nother month. So that guy was just full of question marks all over the place, and I'm just happy he's gone. I completely agree with you, T-Sol. And that is why I am happy his guys are gone. I want nothing to do with him in this program. He was a losing atmosphere he was putting into these guys, and that locker room was not what I wanted to be this year. But – now jumping to our favorite part of the podcast. It is time for the Grand Stand Gossip. And this week we had a write-in on Twitter from our friend Captain Blackshirt. And Captain Blackshirt actually tagged me in his post. He said, so seeing that we got two Huskers drafted this season, do you believe that we that Matt Rule will be able to get more than two drafted after his first year at Nebraska come next season? I gotta answer this question first and then I'll you know I'll let the panel decide for B and J but I do believe that Matt Rule will get more than two guys drafted. I mean I, I mean I'm looking across the board at people who are kind of getting later in their years. It looks like MJ Sherman's a senior coming in. He's probably ready to be drafted. And Billy Kemp is also a senior coming in, who's probably also ready to be drafted. And that's already two for two in my eyes. So now I just got to look at and see at our team, see if there's somebody else who could get drafted. I'm thinking it's Quentin Newsom. He's going to be a senior. 
a senior corner. I think that's your third guy drafted without announcing that somebody's leaving early. Bisol, what do you think? Well, Tisol, I go back and forth on this because until we see how they produce in Matt Rule's system, that really is a big question mark and a great question from Captain Blackshirt because I could see us having two. I could see us having three. I could see us having one. It's really going to depend on how the system comes together and these guys play together. You're talking Billy Kemp coming in, learning a new system, playing with a quarterback he's never played with before. How are those guys going to sync up? Is Billy Kemp going to have an outstanding season like Wandale did when he transferred to Kentucky? Or is he going to come in and have a Jamal Turner season? Good, but not great and probably not get drafted. Are you talking MJ Sherman's going to come in and be one of our top edge rushers? Or is he going to, you know, kind of teeter off and have a good season and be a la your buddy Garrett Nelson? It really is a big question mark there. And I honestly think the over under for Husker players drafted next year would be two and a half. Yeah, let me just join in. I do think he has a good opportunity to get two guys at least drafted. But I do want to say that these guys are not going to be guys that have been with the program previously. You're looking at more of these transfer guys. And, I mean, it it comes down to if Sims is going to stay with the program for another year or if this guy is going to go on and try to take his talents to the next level, which Sims has the opportunity and the ability to play at the next level, along with the two Georgia transfers we received in MJ Sherman and Eric Gilbert. That would be three right there for you, T-Cell. But I do want to say Billy Kemp has the opportunity, if he so desires, to go to the next level, but he would be an absolute late-round draft pick just because of his size. Well, and there you have a Captain Black shirt. As you can see, B-Cell, J-Cell, and I also believe that we will be getting more than two players drafted come next season. Well, we can only certainly hope. But for this week, that's it on the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Cell. B-Cell. And T-Cell. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment to be on next week's Grandstand Gossip. Go Big Red.